Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. I'm the host. I'm Travis. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asak of Asak Real Estate, Mark Holmes, Army veteran of Reaper's Detailing and Power Washing. I want to thank my supporters, Simper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. And I am excited for tonight because it's part of our countdown to 300, number 294. And it's taken a while. We'll get into this. <laughs> but I am kind of live from the Middleborough VFW with my good friend, mentor, and cheerleader, Michelle Hamilton of Rolling Thunder Chapter 2. Welcome to Oscar Mike Radio. Thank you, Travis. Thanks. I know we've tried to work this out for a while, haven't we? Well, it doesn't help when you get hurt and we have COVID and we can't do this. And, we and can't everybody's busy. Everybody's busy, but she has sliced out time <laughs> for me and I am so blessed. So before we get into how we met and our little adventures, because there's a lot of them, um, you you are a veteran, right, Michelle? Yeah, shocking, right? <laughs> she, well, don't, you can't assume, folks, you can't assume. So tell me a little bit about your service in the military. Um, so I joined the military directly out of high school. I graduated early, so um, I actually went in during the Vietnam era. Uh, my MOS, my job was physical activity specialist. So part of what I did as a job was the physical training in the pool, learning how to take off your boots, carry your stuff, hold your weapon. So that was really one of the biggest parts of my job. So a lot of my friends deployed. I had um, friends who still deployed to Vietnam. Um, at that time, women didn't really deploy in those positions unless you were a nurse or whatever. So I was stateside, but um, I loved it. It gave me a lot of opportunities, um, opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had in life if it oh, hadn't really? been for my military service. So you do your military service, and did you ever save anybody's life? Because some of the guys can't swim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Well, it was it was amazing in Marine Corps boot camp that all the, all the guys that could, because I went to San Diego, there were no WMs there, all the guys that could run like gazelles, I mean, they were just, you know, like the flash, right, couldn't swim. And they would sink, and it got very bad when they sunk, so it, it was a lot of funny. Um, you do this, and you get out. You know, how was your transition experience out of the military during that time? Um, you didn't talk about your military service. And if you were a female, you really didn't talk about your really? military service. So you didn't join an organization, I think. For us, um, when we transitioned out of the military, there really wasn't a lot of out-processing. There wasn't a lot of stuff that's available now. So that's a huge change, which is really a great change. Um, when I got out, I worked at the um, VA hospital in Brockton um, for a couple years. Mm, ended up going to college on the VA uh, GI Bill. Oh, wow. So got my bachelor's at um, UMass Boston. Do you actually use your GI Bill? Yep, all of it. Every bit of it. Yep. Well, good, good, good. So you did this, and, and now you, you operate your own business, right? Well, I went on to get a master's degree after. I think I was like 43 years old and um, totally different because uh, my 
bachelor's degree was in political science and public policy management. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so when you tell me you're smarter than me, you actually are smarter <laughs> than me. I, I actually was going to be a lawyer. Um, Why yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I had a friend who was a juvenile court judge, and I worked a summer for him, and I decided that that was not going to work for me because I wanted to work with kids, and the legal system is not about what's right. It's about what's the law, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went into um, private industry, you know, worked for a lot of years, worked my way up through the ranks. Um, I was, when I left, the um, director of account preservation for Singular Wireless. Oh, wow. And that's when I decided I didn't want to do that anymore and went, <laughs> decided I was going to go to acupuncture school. So, so I got <laughs> you like reinvented yourself like several times throughout yeah. your life. Yep. You know, what's that been like? I've, I love it. I don't care. I have done what I wanted to do. So you're doing all this. Yep. You know, school, starting your own business. We can get into that. Have we kids can, in the middle of that. Oh, just a couple of kids, yep. right? And when did you start getting involved with, well, yeah, I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it, um, your business. I, but I, I really want to dive into Rolling Thunder. And the reason I kind of want to dive into it is is because, you know, more Day Weekend's coming up, and I've seen what you all do. So I want to, I just can't wait. I want to get to the good I know, stuff. It's exciting. It, it is. It is. So how did you get connected with that organization? So what, where the place that everything started really, where I started working on veterans' causes and stuff was um, Paul Proventure was the veteran service officer for the town of Middleborough. And he came to me and he said, you know, um, I think we need a women veterans memorial in the Memorial Park here in Middleborough, and I want you to be on the committee. And I want you to be the chairperson of the committee. And I have this other person, Nikki, I think you're gonna love her, and um, she's gonna be on the committee too. So we got voluntold to do that. Um, and it was, it, it, so, so for me, it really started my, me back in the service piece. Um, we had a fundraiser right here, a spaghetti supper, and the Legion helped us, and the VFW helped us, and we raised all the money in one night to put that memorial in. Um, that's been seven years ago, eight years ago okay. now. Um, so if you want to see it, it's in the veteran. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'll have to go see it. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, it's a uh, we were a committee of five. We started as a committee of five, ended up with as a committee of four. Um, we put that memorial in. The town did the Veterans Day Parade, no, the Memorial Day Parade that year for dedicating that memorial. And it was the biggest parade the town ever had. The beginning of the parade touched the end of the parade when the parade started out. We had a Korean War female veteran. We had a really? World War II female veteran as our honored masters of ceremony. Yeah, it was fabulous. So that is what, so Paul Proventure really got me back going with working for veterans. Okay. Um, after that, 
we were, Pete and I both joined um, Rolling Thunder Mass Chapter 1. We were members there for a couple of years. And everything that we did as a chapter was north of, in Boston. And we felt like, wait a minute, we really should, you know, there wasn't much being done at the Brockton VA Hospital. And we were like, we should start a chapter. So, <laughs> so we did. So what is Rolling Thunder? Uh, it, a lot of people think it's just a bunch of motorcycles going down the road, right. waving the POW flag. And what's the big deal? But it's, it's a lot more than that. It's a right? lot more than that. Okay. Um, we definitely advocate for prisoners of, of war and the missing in action, and we work with the families of the POWs and MIAs, but we also support veterans. So last and as a chapter, every year we choose a cause. Last year our cause was to work with homeless and transitional veterans, so we were able to provide them with the resources, with food, with you know, during COVID, warm clothes and stuff like that. And and we're very vigilant about how we spend our money. So we pay for our own business cards. We don't put that through the chapter. So every single penny that anybody donates goes to helping veterans, helping families. We put in um, POW MIA chairs, various places. The town of Middleborough has one. Um, this VFW, we donated yeah, one yeah. to. Um, in, I mean, Mass One put one in Gillette Stadium. They're all over the place, and it's just a reminder to people that we still have 81,000 people missing. I don't think a lot of people know that, and I think that's why it's important to be there. I mean, you know, based on your service with POWMIAs and veterans in total, you know, do the Vietnam veterans, are they getting the help they need and the advocacy they need still, or is it still lagging behind, you think? Well, I think the VA is overwhelmed at this point with the younger veterans and the older veterans. I think us, Vietnam veterans, uh, um, we don't ask for services enough. Um, most of us wouldn't even think about doing that because of, I think, the history of being a Vietnam vet, maybe. Um, but more and more are asking, and I speak with people all the time, and, and vets about, you know, hey, listen, these are the benefits and you're entitled to them. I, I had a Vietnam vet in my practice today. Um, he was aboard ship, and he's got very bad hearing, and he's struggled to, you know, maintain a quality of life. He can't really hear very well, and hearing aids cost a lot of money. So he finally got an appointment at the VA for that to get a disability rating to be able to, you know, get hearing aids. He's an older person. Six thousand dollars is a lot of money. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't realize they cost that much. You know, one thing that kind of bothers me, and I, and I ask everybody in that era, is it's my understanding that Vietnam veterans are actually dying at a faster rate than the Korean World War II veterans are. And it, it's it, there's a real push to reach out and make sure these veterans are getting what they want. Do, do you find that to be true? I think as, as a society overall, I think a lot of VSOs and a lot of organizations like Rolling Thunder are definitely reaching out to the Vietnam vets. There are opportunities for care that weren't there when we got out. So, you know, a lot has changed and I mean, Anybody who wants to talk about that kind of stuff, I will talk to them. I, will, I have a 
female patient whose husband, he's in his 70s right now, and he just got diagnosed with cancer. Of course, Agent Orange cancers has never used a VA system, and she was all upset, and she's calling me and messaging me, and I said, well, the first place you should go is talk to the VSO. See what they can help you with. If you don't get anywhere with that, go straight on to DAV. If you don't get anywhere with that, just let me know, because there's resources out there that we fail to recognize. So it's more than just 200 people on a Harley-Davidson on a Sunday afternoon. A lot more there. than that. But that's what a lot of people think. And, yeah. and one of the things that, that we've talked about before that I want people to understand is, you know, a couple of years ago, Rolling Thunder was pretty much barred from going to Washington, D.C. And that, that prompted a huge shift in how you all, you know, collaborated and, and got together and celebrated, you, you know, what Rolling Thunder is about. I was wondering if you'd go into that a little bit for me. So what ended up happening was the leadership in Rolling Thunder decided that it was costing us hundreds of thousands of dollars to, for permits, for um, restrooms in Washington. So hundreds of thousands of dollars every year that we could better spend on veterans. So the decision was made as an organization that we would bring these um, demonstrations because that's what it is. This is a demonstration to remind our... So this is not a rally or a free-for-all, this is a demonstration. Yeah, to okay. yeah, remind yeah. people that we have 81,000 family members missing. You know, when you think about how exorbitant of number that is. So as an organization, we decided we're not going to go to D.C. anymore. We spent a lot of money in D.C. and, and it was difficult for us. The police were not welcoming. When we, the last year we went, we were turned around in the middle of the road um, and told to park our motorcycles front to back on the highway, which if you ride, you know that can't happen. So, yeah, so, um, and, and it was a lot of different things like that. So as an organization, we made the decision that maybe we need to go back to where we started. And so many POW families and, and now young veterans, they can't go to D.C. for that type of an event. So what if we do these regional rides, which is what we're doing now? So um, the ride that we have, which is Sunday, May 29th, um, leaving out of Plain Ridge Park Casino, going to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall in Fall River, that ride will encompasses all the New England chapters. Oh, wow. So Maine 1, Maine 2, uh, New Hampshire 1, 2, and 3, Mass 1 and 2, and Rhode Island and Vermont. No so kidding. all of us now have grouped together to do this singular task. Now, you all did this last year, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the, reason, the reason she's laughing is I, I wasn't riding, um, but it was raining. Oh, it was horrendous rain. It was it rained from the time we left the house in the morning to the time we got back to the house at 7 o'clock at night. And I think we left the house probably at 7 o'clock in the morning. It rained nonstop. But um, I had a few brand new chapter members. They were there. They were. And I was so proud of them. I was like, you guys are unbelievable. You're brand new. Brand new. No patches. Brand new. So share with me. Um, 
your do you have to be a veteran to join your chapter? Nope, you don't have to be okay. a veteran to join any Rolling Thunder chapter. Okay, because I think there's a lot of civilians out there that are really leery about trying to interact with veterans organizations, and a lot of them are like, yeah, I, I can do this. Yep. So they're the, patriots. Yeah, they're patriots. I think we should feel honored that they would take up our cause. I think we need them. I think we need them. So you don't have to be a veteran. Nope, you don't have to ride a motorcycle. You don't have to ride a motorcycle either? Nope. Okay. So I want to join your chapter, kind of break down what's the process, because the other thing I kind of want to go over is some people, rightly or wrongly, think that this is a, a motorcycle gang or club, and it's, that's not it either from what I understand. Right. No, we're not anything like that. So what Rolling Thunder is, is an organization of like-minded individuals who care about veterans, care about prisoners of war and the missing in action, and want to make a difference in, in their community. That, in essence, is who we are and what we do. Um, Rolling Thunder has 90 chapters nationwide. We all follow the same rules. We all have the same constitution. Well, you know, each chapter, I'm sure, has its own little personality. We're lucky in this chapter. We have young people. Yeah. We have older people. We, you know, we have Vietnam vets. We have um, Iraq Afghani vets. We have quite a few female veterans. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of civilians too, and everybody interacts the same exact way. So, you know, there. I feel like our civilian members are even better than we are because they took this mission up. For us, as as veterans, this mission is an easy one to pick up, right? Because it's part of our DNA. It's who we are. But when you're a civilian who's not been trained as we have been to think a lot about, wow, those guys are really having a hard time. I really am worried about the veterans who commit suicide and veteran homelessness. And what about those families? How does this touch society overall? I just think those people are truly heroes to me. It certainly helps out because a lot of times, a lot of us veterans feel alone or we don't matter and it's hard getting people to understand what we're doing. So you don't have to be a veteran. Nope. You don't have to own a motorcycle. Nope. You can be a female, male, or, or you know, anything, like, right? We have junior members too, young people. It's, and it's great to see because I've been to some of these events and yeah, there's like kids. Babies, kids. Oh, yeah. you guys start them young. I mean, yep. And they come in here, and, and what's that they, they apply, right? So what happens is our meetings are open to the public, and our meetings are the last Sunday of the month here at the VFW in Middleborough, right? Okay. Anybody can come and check us out, and we're, they're welcome to. Um, come to a meeting, check it out. Come to some of our events if you want to. See if this fits for you. Um, then you fill out an application. That application becomes, you know, goes to the chapter. We send it to Rolling Thunder National as well. Um, veteran, not veteran, it doesn't matter. Then after a period of time, what happens is you um, earn patches, right? So you become a chapter member, um, and three to six months later, you're officially, you got your boot patch, you're for real. Um, you know, and then a year after that, you earn your back patches. So, I mean, it's a big deal. We make a big deal out of it yeah, when people yeah, are in their yeah. patches because let me tell you what, as a unit, as a chapter, we do a lot. 
Yeah, you do. And for anybody to fit in, um, they're going to do a lot, you know. But we do a lot of fun things, too. One of our members suggested, hey, after Memorial Day, why don't we all go to the movies? Let's go see Top Gun. <laughs> Harley in. So I put a message out to the chapter, and everybody was like, yeah, I want to go. We'll go. So, you know, we have a lot of people who work Saturdays, so we're going to go Sunday. Awesome. You know, so it, it, if you want to be part of a group of people like that, you have to put the time in. Yeah. You know, and but we try to make it fun. So making it fun is I've gone to some of your events. I've gone to some of the events where you all have been working and everybody is pulling together. Everybody's having fun and everybody kind of gets along. It's like a really cool thing. And so, you know, talking with you, you've shared that a lot of this comes down to leadership at the, you know, individual and, and team level. So just kind of tell me here, you know, how do you, how do you lead? <laughs> how do you lead, Michelle? Um, I, I like to include everybody. I think it's important if you join an organization, I think you want to participate. So we try to have people participate. Sometimes in the beginning, they're a little bit quiet and they're afraid to say, so they get voluntold a lot <laughs> to do certain things. Yes, I do voluntold. Actually, my secretary got voluntold for that position. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I'm difficult, I'm sure. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> I mean, I can be that way, but sometimes, look, the decisions need to be made on a chapter level. They need to be made for the best good of the chapter. It can't always be what I want, and sometimes I have to say, okay, well, that's what everybody wants to do. I don't like those shirts, but that's the shirts we're going to get. Fine. Um, and sometimes I have to say, no, we're not going to do that because it's not for the good of the chapter. I think the Constitution that Rolling Thunder has makes it very clear um, what you can do and what you can't do. So it makes it a little bit easier to be in a leadership position because if the Constitution says you can't, I'm sorry, you can't. Right. You know, I mean, there's various positions in the chapter. Um, I'm lucky that I have a great vice president, a great treasurer, a great secretary, a great board. Um, nobody, I do, and nobody, um, we have discussions certainly about things, about how we're going to spend our money, about um, leadership roles, about who needs to do what, but I, we really are lucky we communicate very well, and awesome. I think that's the key. So it's an aspect of, you know, taking ownership. Oh, the sergeant of arms. Did you forget him on purpose? Yeah, him. <laughs> he doesn't want to be on TV, so bye. <laughs> runs a tough ship, tough ship. No, but there, we thank the know, sergeant of arms for keeping order. He does keep order. I, I mean, honestly, they work so well together as a team right now. Um, it makes my life so easy. So easy. And if I ask somebody to do something, I don't have to ask them four or five times. They take care of business. So let's talk about two events that, that we kind of did together. Um, I'll, let's talk about the Christmas party. Yep. The Santa party? The Santa party. Yes, the Santa party. And, and that was a very interesting morning to me 
because you know we're in Bridgewater. It is absolutely cold and freezing outside, which is, by the way, folks, she absolutely loves the cold, can't get enough of it at all. It's fantastic. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I, I wouldn't know how I knew that. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I hate it. And, and we're waiting to get in, which just, oh, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. But it was, it was really interesting just because I'm kind of observing, taking some pictures, and pretty much all your people showed up on time and were ready to go. And I'm just like, stuff's getting done. They just pulled everything in. The kitchen people knew they were working in the kitchen, and they started going. Everybody else started setting up the tables. We had toys for the children and had to set up Santa's area. Yep. I'm making coffee, I'm doing this. I think I think a big part of how everybody works together is we don't care what job we do, we're just gonna do the job. And if you're having trouble making the coffee, I'm gonna help you. And if the guys in the kitchen are falling behind, somebody's gonna go in there and help them. I mean, teamwork, that's the way it's supposed to be. Nobody well, can, I can pick up the trash. If I can pick up the trash, so can everybody else. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm not just seeing you sitting there directing traffic and, you know, dictating. You know, you're right there putting up Christmas lights and, you know, yeah, making well, Christmas directions and spooning fun. food out. And it's just getting done. Yep. It's just getting done. It's and easy. It's easy. Yep. It's easy that way. Okay. Well, a lot of people, that it, it, it can get very frustrating trying to get all the, the cats herded in the right way. And it just doesn't... I noticed, you know, at this event... Which raised a lot of money. We raised a lot of money, and the kids had so yeah. much fun. And I was really, like, happy that, you know, the local politician came out yeah. and some of the business owners came out to see what Gave you all... Gave us a donation. Yeah, yep. it was really, like, okay, people still care. Yep, they do. And if you just talk about things, you know, um, if you ask... For the, a, if you ask what's the worst that can happen, people will say no. Then you can just ask them again later because maybe today wasn't a good day. Maybe tomorrow's a better day. My business is having a hard time. I can't donate a raffle item this year. But come back next year and you go back next year and guess what? They're doing better. You know, you have to help the community around you. You have to support each other. Absolutely. Talk about support. I mean, uh, last year, you know, I'm on crutches. You know, we won't get into that, but... You guys came out and supported Wild Hearts Therapy Equestrian Program and the car show that uh, Mark Boner put on for uh, Veterans Development Corporation. And it's August. It's hot. It you was know. hot. <laughs> you know, which even I thought it was hot. What? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Let me tell you. <laughs> but there again, you know, everybody was on time. You put up your, you know, pavilion, and yeah. you were talking to people about. You know, their stuff, there were some Vietnam veterans there you all yep. talked to and took some good pictures, and it was just that you were there. Do you think there's an aspect that, that we as veterans need to understand that in order to get the, the advocacy we need, we have to be there? You have to put yourself out there. Yeah. I think you don't have a choice, um, and a lot of times we will self-isolate. It's what we do, um, you know. I don't know what to say about that other than it, it is what we do. And, you know, it's not easy to get out and talk to people. But once you start doing it, I think it's easier every single time. This Memorial Day weekend, we're doing a uh, rededicating the POW chair at Plain Ridge Park Casino. 
and I have one of my newer members who only has a boot patch who is going to speak about the POW chair. Oh, wow. And another newer member who's going to lead everybody in the pledge and talk about the POW cage. So um, we don't always have the same people speak, and the more times you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And, you know, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. So what? We're here for you. So did you make that choice or your leadership make that choice to, you know, get the new people involved? Well, we talked about it at yeah. our chapter meeting and there was interest. And I was like, hey, how about you? You want to do that? Yeah, sure. Awesome. So, you know, and, and I like the idea of our newer members doing those things because it just makes everybody more able to talk about it. Good, good, good. So you're doing all this with Rolling Thunder and you're running a business at the same time. Yep. And this is what I love about Michelle. It's just like, yeah, it's no big deal. What are you, what are you, what are you getting all excited for? But it's kind of funny, right? A lot of times I meet veterans, and we've had to reinvent ourselves two, three, even six times in our, our right. career, right? And nothing against our civilian counterparts and peers. You learn how to adapt better when you're a veteran, I think. Well, they, yeah, they, they, they typically don't unless they have to, but, but it's something that you just decided to do. Where do you think that comes from, from us? Boy, I don't know. We were talking about that the other night, talking about, oh, let's move, go someplace else. Now, my husband's from here, and he's only ever lived here. I've lived all over the place. So for me, it's, I'm like, okay, let's go. You know, so I'm like, what does make us different in that way? You know, if you need a job, you get a job, right? Right. You don't worry about it. You're going to get a job. Maybe we have a stronger mental outlook. I don't know. I don't know. I just know, like, of course life changes. Of course we do different things. It's to be expected. And if you sit in the same place all the time, you're never going to grow as a person. Right. right. So, yeah. Adapt and overcome. Well, speaking of adaptation, you were running a small business during the COVID, you know, times, and your business is very interpersonal. Yep. How, how did you adjust around that? Well, it was definitely a transition because when you do acupuncture on patients, obviously you're face-to-face. -face. And I have a very distinct patient population. I treat a lot of veterans, of course, but a lot of stroke and traumatic brain injury patients who couldn't not have care during COVID. So everything was shut down. How are you gonna take care of those kinds of patients? So I did. Um, I had a lot, and we had this discussion about, um, I do herbal medicine too. So I have a master's degree in acupuncture. I also have one in Chinese herbal medicine. So a lot of patients went on herbal formulas and that sustained my practice during COVID. Okay. So I was very lucky, yeah, yep, yep. So I gotta ask this. Do the needles hurt? Well, I, I mean. <laughs> you see Travis's size, you see my size. That is hilarious to me. You put metallic objects in people and they, they, they come back for more. Because it helps. It does. It helps, yeah. I've had, you know, I've had a lot of younger veterans, a lot of older veterans. I treat, um, I treat a lot of pediatric patients in wheelchairs and stuff like that, too. So I, I have a very distinct po patient population. A lot of people think about acupuncture for um, back pain. 
but that's not all it is. So I, I treat a lot of very interesting patients. And it's long-term care, so I really enjoy it. You really have a re relationship with the patients, and I, I enjoy that, too. Yeah. I, I guess it, I guess it works. Um, you know, nothing personal. Show. I've had people who've been with me for 14 years as patients. So, yeah. Nothing personal. But I just don't know <laughs> if I could let you. I should have brought some needles. <laughs> I would have to be in like. You could do it. Even with the children, at first children are afraid of the needles, right? Because, justifiably so. Because what you think of as a needle is what the doctor uses. What I use is so thin gauge, and it's not hollow, it's solid. So when you insert that needle, it pushes everything out of the way. You're not hacking a chunk of skin out of a person, right? Um, and inevitably, at first, kids will be like, well, you know, there's different things you can do besides just needles. Every single child I have ever treated has been like, will you needle me today? Every single child. And they're all like, really? Oh, when are you going to needle me? I already did. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not a bit of a reaction from time to time on a specific acupuncture point, but basically it is pain-free. We will take her at her word, ladies and gentlemen. I can't verify, nor will Next I. Next time I'll bring needles. <laughs> no, no. Yes. But I think it's very cool that you've been able to build this business over a long period of time, develop this relationship with people. And it has to be rewarding to see this work, and it's something that you just want to do and, and did it. And so many times, you know, our, our peers, our sibling veterans, are really apprehensive about starting something new. And there's oh, a lot of scary, right? Yeah, a lot of risk there. You know, what would you tell them about you know uh, facing that risk? I think if you don't try, you never know. So, I mean, I had a really good job, and I said, yeah, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going back to school. And they said, well, what can we do to get you to stay? We'll give you more money. It was never about the money. It's about personal satisfaction. So, you know. Do you get a real sense of satisfaction? Do you feel something when you see a patient or a client say, yeah, I'm, I'm in less pain or no yeah. pain? Yeah. I mean, I had a pediatric patient who had leukemia. Oh, wow. I, and he had a lot of pain. Um, and those children are on uh, chemo for years. So, because, you know, that's the protocol. And he had back, he had just a lot of pain. And um, we did acupuncture and he did well. He, you know, came every couple of weeks and stuff on a regular schedule. He went to talk to see his oncologist and the doc, and he said, so how you doing? And he told him and he, and he, said to the doctor, why didn't you tell me about this a long time ago? Only a child, right? right. And the doctor said, I didn't know. Oh, wow. And I ran into him. He's an adult now. Ran into him in the post office and he said, hey, Michelle, it's me, Kevin. And I said, Kevin, I would have never recognized you. And he said, why not? And I said, because you're healthy. So, yeah, he's a grown person now doing his own business, training people, and healthy. So that's pretty satisfying. Awesome. Awesome. So we have Memorial Day coming up. 
Yes, we do. You have every New England chapter coming to the Plainville Casino yep. and then going to the Fall River. Yep. So Friday night, we're going to go wash the wall in Fall River at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial Wall, which if people don't know, it's an 80% replica of the wall in uh, Washington, D.C. It's gorgeous. So in preparation for Memorial Day, Friday, we're going to go wash the wall and probably I'll go for dinner and just nice. Saturday night, we're going to have a candlelight vigil for the Gold Star families at the wall um, right around 8 o'clock dusk. Um, so we will all gather as the chapters and ride down to Fall River. Um, New Hampshire One is running that event. So we'll all go down there and uh, honor the families as best as we can at that park. And then get up early Sunday morning, uh, go to Plainville, set up at the casino. We're going to have motorcycles. We're going to have cars and trucks and other vehicles too, which is a distinct change this year. Um, since we're not a motorcycle group, we decided as a committee that we would invite other vehicles to participate. Oh, nice. And the casino has opened that up. Um, we have overflow parking at the um, Peterbilt up the street. And we're all going to ride down to Plain Ridge through, I mean, uh, Fall River through the towns of Somerset and uh, I'm not good with directions so I'll just say whatever. Okay. It's a nice about an hour ride. We'll park the bikes. There'll be a ceremony at the wall. We'll be laying a wreath at the Vietnam Wall. Um, they're also going to lay wreaths because if you've never been to that park, it's beautiful. There's an Iwo Jima Memorial. I've seen the Iwo Jima Memorial. A Gold Star Family Memorial. Um, a Korean War Veterans Memorial. So they'll lay wreaths at all the memorials and then we'll get together afterwards and have a party. Nice. Because we need a break. Well, I, I think, I think you know, coming last year and seeing what went on and how you all did it, it, it brought back the word memorial and Memorial Day. And, you know, I want to ask you this. Sometimes I get really irritated hearing about the Memorial Day sales and specials and, you know, it's the unofficial start of summer. I'm like, no, it's not. Lost sight of the mission. The mission's about those families. Yep. These people who didn't come back. Yep. yep. And, and, you know, I, I don't get mad like some of my other fellow veterans that, you know, someone will say, you know, thank, thank you, you for, for your service um, I, I don't, on Memorial Day. I don't get mad. And someone asked me why, and I just kind of want to get your take on this. I'm like, just the fact that they're trying. Well, plus if you if you say, hey, I really appreciate that. However, today's not about me. I mean, if you do it nicely and help people to understand, that's the way people learn. Right. Oh, gosh, I thought, you know, that that was the right thing to do. Well, no, um, you know, it's not about me today. It's about the families who don't have their family member there. You know, in my chapter, we have a, um, a sister whose brother's name is on the wall. He's missing from Vietnam. And last year, it was just, I mean, I lost it because she laid a rose at his name. And she never had that opportunity before. You know, when you meet those families, 81,000 seems like an unbelievable number of people. You know, it's a sister, it's a brother, it's an auntie. I have another friend who's... Um, mother's brother, so her uncle, is missing from Korea, and the mother still can't talk about it. Wow. 
So, you know, we had the POW flag that went across the whole United States and I wanted to, I invited her and she said, yeah, my mom can't do it. So if you think it's not a pertinent issue today, yeah, it is. We may not have veterans missing from Iraq and Afghanistan, but look at those other families, you know? It becomes a part of the family DNA. It does. It does. I mean, we just, uh, we both know our, the, the Fitz family, you know, yeah. and, and how that affected him. And he's him. lucky that his father came home. Yeah. But what happened to him all those years that they didn't know. That they didn't know. It changed right. his life. Changed his life. It left a whole mark, and that's not going to go away for a while. Yep. So I am with Michelle Hamilton, president of Rolling Thunder Chapter 2. I know some people in Chapter 1 in Massachusetts don't want to forget about them. And I just think it's really special to talk about, you know, Rolling Thunder, her story during this time of, of you know, Memorial Day and memory. Yeah. And um, I, I guess, you know, as we kind of wind down here, what's next for you all in this year in 2023? Are you, are you oh that far gosh. ahead? Yeah. We schedule our year um, before January. So we already know everything that we're doing this year. Like, um, Sunday, we're going to be at Reedy's for a pig roast with our quartermaster's table. The following weekend, we're going to be at Boston Wounded Vet to um, help, you know, those severely wounded veterans. Then we've got Memorial Day. Then what? We're going to a movie. You know, the chapter is going to do, um, we just did our Mardi Gras party, which is our big fundraiser for the year. Oh, that food was good. <laughs> um, we're definitely doing Santa again. In October, we've got um, Hogs for Heroes, which is an event that we do at the Citizens Club in West Bridgewater or Bridgewater. I forget which one it is. I think it's Bridgewater. I think it's Bridgewater, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're busy. When people ask us last minute, hey, can you guys, you know, do this? We're like, yeah, no, we're already scheduled. And in between that, we have, you know, we go to funerals to pay, you know, honor to the fallen and stuff like that when we can. So there's always something. There's always something to do. And and we're lucky that we have so many talented people in the chapter that we can go to or three different places at a time and, and represent well. Well, that was the thing at the car show. You're like, yeah, we're here, but we've got other people in like down at the Cape and one other place. And, you know, everything was being coordinated and done. And I'm like, you know, if I could get my kids to do this, I'd be a, <laughs> it'd be a fantastic day. But I mean, it was just, it seemed effortless. It, it It's a lot of work in the right. background. I'll tell you that right now. Like Memorial Day will be good because of all the time and due diligence that we've done. I mean, I'm committee chairperson with Brian from Mass Chapter 1. He's probably sick of talking to me by now, I'm sure. Like we, it's, But it's every day something, but that's how you have a good organization. And if you keep the mission in the forefront, I think you can't go wrong. This is just amazing. I'm, I'm, you know, I've known Michelle for quite some time, and she has counseled me about uh, leadership issues with things I've done. Very thankful for that, by the way. And we've had some fun times on the 3D archery course and where I've learned about her temperature operating <laughs> levels. Yeah, I don't like the cold. I can't, my hands can't operate 
a bow and arrow in the cold like that. Not going to happen. We just go in the summertime. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's fine. fine. Yep. Absolutely. It's good. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I've always learned so much. And, and one thing I can say to you, if you're thinking about, you know, join an organization like this is you won't be bored. You won't be bored. You won't be alone. Nope. And you'll have plenty to do. And you'll meet some really cool people who are both veterans and non-veterans. And if you ride a motorcycle, that's great. And uh, you're just going to have a lot of fun. And I always, always enjoy getting to hang out with you all. And, you know, we support each other. I mean, we've had some stuff. We've had uh, one of our chapter members passed, two of them passed away. Uh, That was tough for us, really tough for us as a group. Um, We've had um, grave illnesses in the chapter. You know, but if you lift each other up and take care of each other, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah. You know, we've gone through some stuff. See, I didn't even swear. (laughs) You're so good. You're so good. (laughs) But we've gone through stuff, and I think it bonds us closer together. You know, they know they can count on each other. If you have a problem, you can call. If you're open to that, I think it makes it a little bit easier for people. Well, how can people find out more about Rolling Thunder Chapter 2 and Rolling Thunder in general? So if you're interested in Rolling Thunder in a different place besides Massachusetts, you can always go on um, the Rolling Thunder National website. It lists all the chapters in all the states, phone numbers, email addresses, how to get a hold of people. Um, They do have all the events listed up there too, so all the regional rides are on there which is um, a good thing. Um, Our chapter, you can hook into our Facebook page, Rolling Thunder Incorporated Mass Chapter 2. Mass Chapter 1 has a a Facebook page just like that too. Um, I don't mind if people call my my Rolling Thunder phone, which is 774-766-9214. And I have a really long email address. Well, I will have the email address, Good. the links, and the contact info in the Oscar Mike Radio Show post. So no matter where you are in the world, you can find out more and about Rolling Thunder, maybe join or you know contribute some way to the work they all do. Yep. Awesome. Good awesome. things. Well, we're going to talk again. I'm going to be hanging out with Rolling Thunder Chapter 2 during the Memorial Day event they have. They've asked me to come along and and check it out. I'm really grateful for that. I've had a fantastic time talking with you. We always have fun, Travis. We do. Thank you so much. No problem at all. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we say in Oscar Mike Radio, we are mission in flight. They're going to be rolling heavy. I can't wait. And this is 294 closing. Thank you very much. Thanks, Travis.